0: Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farmher radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farmher. Welcome to Shining Bright. We are so glad you are here with us today. I've got Erin here in the studio with me. Hello. Um, So today's episode is Chasing Dreams and we're going to be talking to a couple women who... um, this wasn't really planned, but no. like when we look at it, like these are women who are chasing dreams. They both happen to be dreams in, in uh, television, video, in television, television, media, media. media. Yeah. yeah. Which aligns pretty well. Right. I guess, and it was us. totally not planned no. and kind of crazy. Yeah. But I'm yeah. I'm excited because it's interesting. And they're two totally very different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, So on that note, I wanted to start here at the beginning talking about chasing dreams because um, big dreams, little dreams, we all have them and we all chase after them. I mean, we're like sitting right here, right? Right. But there's something I know about you that I've never done. And I I wondered if it was kind of chasing a dream. Mm -hmm. So you are from Wisconsin. From Wisconsin, South Central Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you can't see me, but right here on my... My hand, (laughs) Wisconsin people hold their hand up when they want to tell you where they're from. And I learned uh, recently filming in Michigan, they hold their other hand up. Yeah. I was like, this is the thing. And you know, I, I told the people, I was like, Oh, I know somebody from Wisconsin who does that. And she's like, we did it first.
1: Oh, of course
0: (laughs) I did. Right. Too funny. It's a thing. Different sides of the lake. I don't know. But um,
2: anyway, so you left home and set out to chase a dream. Tell us a little bit about that. I did. You know, um, I went to school in Wisconsin, about two hours away from home. That was safe. It was great. Oh my gosh. I'd go back to college any day again. What was your degree? Um, Agriculture education and a minor in animal science. And then I had a plan. You know, we talk about this a lot at our events and stuff that, I mean, I was a junior high school. I was going to be an ag teacher. That's what I was going to do. And that's what I did. I went off to college and then I was going to get my master's and then I was going to be, I was going to get my doctorate and I was going to be a professor. Mm-hmm. That was my plan. Yep. So, Seems um, like a good one. Right, right. I'm, none of that happened. <laughs> I mean, I did go get my master's, but. <laughs> but I, where'd you go? Yeah. So, like, you chased so that dream. I did. I headed to um, North Carolina. Okay. And I did my master's in agriculture education at NC State. Okay. In Raleigh. And it was, you know, I think back and I was just like, Cool, I'm gonna do this. I just didn't overthink it. You just went all, yeah. Good for you. Went, yeah. And I managed to work my way into um, a teaching assistant a position. So my second semester, I was teaching and creating websites. Gosh, I kind of forget about all this stuff. Teaching online classes. Um, They paid me to go to school.
0: Actually, awesome. right. Like
2: I had a job and my tuition was covered and that was because of your teaching position. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. It Good was for you. So much fun. And I, um, you know, I came in as they wanted to call me something else, but I'm like, I'm the northerner. <laughs> Just call me the northerner. Cause I went to school with people from Tennessee and Eastern Carolina right? and such awesome people. And I learned a lot, yeah. but I will tell you honestly, probably about three months into that, four months into that, I woke up one day and I was like, Oh my gosh. I just left my parents. I moved across the country. My home. All of my friends. Yeah. And here I am. Yeah. And you didn't think too much. I never did. And that's what got you there. It is what got me there. And gosh, that's a really good, gosh, that's a really good reminder, like, right now. Right. Right? Right. (laughs) Yes. And I do. I I guess I haven't thought about that for a long time. And it was so much fun. I mean had no money and I was going to school. but It was easier was, though, right? It was so much easier. <laughs> yeah, it was. And we, yeah. and we had the ocean and we had the mountains, um, but I got an awesome education there and they were one of the top egg ed schools at the time. And I, I, I don't know where they land now, but um, my advisor, the people I worked with, it was just, it was outstanding. Would you do it all over again oh, in a heartbeat
0: chase that dream? I would. And even though the path, uh, the the path yeah. since then has led you all over the place right. doing all kinds of different things. Right. I'm glad it dropped you here right yep. now. Yep. Uh, but that's, that's the key, right? Yeah. But like, don't, don't think about any one thing too much because no. you will talk yourself no. right back out And of that it. was
2: my, it was like one clear goal. Like I'm going to get my master's in agriculture education and I'm going to do it right away. And it was either going to be in Wisconsin or North Carolina. And so that's where I landed. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you went to North Carolina. I,
0: I, le- I mean, I do leave all the time. Tony and I were just talking about something that I saw in Washington state and he was like, what, what, you know? Yeah. But I have never actually moved away from Iowa. So talk about like, I chase like, you know, I'm, I'm chasing a dream, but I always admire
2: people who move away from home because it, it was it's, not
0: easy. Yeah. It's a thing.
2: It is. It's a thing. And then, oh my gosh. And then we just kept moving. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was It was it was an eye-opener yeah. It was so good
0: Yeah, good yeah. for you Chasing yeah. dreams Chasing dreams Chasing dreams And they all build towards something I think that that's the thing Whether oh. whether you feel like your dream Is like this big, huge one That's out there Like I may never get to it Who cares? Right, go, go, at go for least it It left
2: a mark, yeah. right? Like yeah. it left a mark And made a difference In the whole grand scheme I love it It all does
0: Yeah take a step to get there. Mm -hmm. Everybody listening, take a step to get there. Might be a little step, might be a big one. Stick with us here on Shining Bright. We will be back with a few amazing women in just a couple minutes.
1: Hey, this is Katie Crowe, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience and comfort
0: and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. And welcome to Shining Bright. This is Margie. And here in the studio, we've got Erin. Hello. Yes. Hello. So today's episode is Chasing Dreams. And we're going to talk to a couple women who are doing just that and have been doing that in uh, many different ways. And first up, we've got Courtney De Hoff. Courtney, welcome to Shining Bright. Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, Yeah. So um, you and I haven't met in person, but we've connected over email. And so I feel like there's a lot of conversation that we can have because um, it sounds like we're kind of like on similar paths in some ways and um, obviously very different paths in other ways. But um, why don't you just start by introducing everybody yourself to everybody, uh, like who you are, where you're from, a little bit about your background as it relates to agriculture.
3: Okay, wonderful. Well, Margie, I totally agree. I think that you and I are definitely our platforms align and I'm just so excited to, to chat with you. But yeah, I grew up in Northeastern Kansas on a small cow-calf operation and then my grandparents are a large operation in the Flint Hills. So I'm just a ranch kid, a ranch kid from Kansas. We showed cattle all over the country. Um, we were big in the Angus Association and we rodeoed. So I like to tell people I got the best of both worlds. I got to show cattle and I got to have a lot of great horses. Um so just had the dream childhood really. And I went to school at Oklahoma State. I was on a rodeo scholarship there and full awesome. no transparency. I went to OSU to rodeo, but you know you also have to get an education. Very so. <laughs> <Fair> enough. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Whatever. You know, um, but I majored. I was an agcom ag- major, so you know I got a degree in agricultural communications. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. A friend, a fellow high school rodeo friend, was also majoring <laughs> in agcom, so I was like, well, sure, I'll do this. Sounds great. Uh, but it it led me to my career, which isn't technically, you know, in print publication is kind of what we focus on, but I actually ended up in television. And, you know, I, I'm so thankful for OSU because it was an internship that kind of introduced me to TV, to storytelling. And I, I walked into the internship just fully prepared to be a TV star. But I was so lucky because the executive producer said, well, that's great. We'll put you on TV, but... First, we're going to teach you how to do all the other things. So, Rob um, at Oklahoma Horizon, he taught me to shoot and edit and how to really tell a great story. And that was all she wrote. I have been in TV for over a decade now. I'm kind of doing my age away, but you know, I've been in TV for over a decade now. I I started, um, you know, in Nashville, and then I went to CBS in Kansas City, and now I'm in Dallas. I I just got backed up um, hosting syndicated morning news show and I do a lot of outside work as well and and so, you know, T V has always kind of have, have been my my thing. And it's so funny because I tell people for a while I kind of ran away from my background. Yeah. Only for the reason I was just so worried that they wouldn't take me serious, you know, in New York and LA, the agents, the big dogs, you know, whoever it may be. I just thought, well they know I'm a cowgirl, like Then they're not going to take me seriously as a a TV host. And, you know, maybe it's age. With age comes wisdom, but I have slowly learned that it's exactly the opposite. It's my background that intrigues the people, you know, in these big markets and in these big cities. And my platform of telling these cowboy and these agriculture stories, these farmhouse stories, really was born out of a pure frustration that, The news organizations that I was working for, they weren't telling rural America stories. And when I would pitch these stories, they would either just completely ignore me and pretend like my email account was broken, or it finally got to the point where I had an executive producer stand up and just say, You know what, Courtney, we need you to stop bringing us these cowgirl problems. These aren't real problems. These aren't real stories. And I just thought, What? Yes, they are. (laughs) Exactly. And and it was that kind of pivotal moment in my career, you know, when I had a a mentor, a boss say that to me, that I thought, okay, this isn't right. And I was frustrated and I stayed after work one day and I told a story about something that was happening in the heartland. There were terrible wildfires several years ago that were wiping out ranches and nobody in the mainstream media was talking about it. And I just felt so frustrated because I here I am in Dallas. Like, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. Like, I can't drive to Kansas. Like, even if I can, like, what am I what am I gonna do? What can I offer? Well, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna tell their story. At least to like few hundred people on my Facebook page, like it'll make me feel better. So I told the story and I just, you know, put together this little this piece from clips I had and just pictures. I didn't go out and shoot anything. Yeah, so just a video. When I woke up the next morning, yeah, when yeah. I woke up the next morning, it had over a million views. And now that, my like, <laughs> yeah, that so was my like, yeah, that was my aha, my aha moment. Like these are stories that need told, and there are people who are so hungry to have their story told. So that was a really long answer <laughs> Yeah. To no
0: question. I mean, I think but it's... That's, it's, it's not so dissimilar. Like I love that because, you know, between those two coasts, there's a lot of people and you know, there are people and, um, it's, it's a cool thing to see something like that happen. And I, I think I've, I found the same thing with farm her. Like if you take the time to tell the story about somebody that maybe other people weren't stopping to think about, it's valid and it's real and I tend to think it's, it's even better than the stories, um, you know, that are like super mainstream. Right. So
2: it it makes a difference. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good for you. So, um, you had that viral video. Have you had, have you done more of those since then? Have you like, uh, poured yourself more into that? Because I know one of the things you said was you, you had this frustration with the media giants. And so you jumped into these, um, more stories online. And, uh, tell me a little bit more about, uh, what else you've done since that? Like, did that like set a spark off in you?
3: Oh, 100%. I mean, that was just like my moment of, wait a minute, like television is what I'm meant to be doing, but this is the platform that I was meant to be a part of. And I have since, I told all kinds of of stories. And I don't, you know, I have a website, but like I just post them on my Facebook page. You know, I don't own a production company. I don't, you know, I'm just using what I have at my disposal to just tell the stories that I think are important. And yeah, you know, I, I that a story, one of the most recent ones that went viral was a story on Nebraska and, you know, the, the flooding and the conditions in Nebraska. And it was the same situation, nobody was talking about it. And I started seeing things pop up on social media. Like, why is nobody talking about this? Why aren't we sharing what's happening to our ranchers in Nebraska? So I thought, well, I'm going to tell this story too. And it had over 7 million of views. What? And, You've got you know, like some magic yeah, sauce there. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Full disclosure, they're not all viral. I mean, I post videos all the time that don't get millions of views, yeah. but, I think it really lends to the fact that, you know, there is a market here and there is a group of people there who are just really, really eager to have their story told and to share other, you know, farmers and ranchers stories. I think that um, it just, you know, there's, there's definitely a platform there and, and I love it. I love telling those stories and still, no, you know, There's some really great platforms out there. But as far as mainstream media goes, you know, we're still kind of being ignored. So it's up to people like you and I to, I guess... Tell the stories. Yeah. Well,
0: on that note, uh, we're, we're going to head to break here. But um, I, when I, we come back, I'd love to talk about like maybe some suggestions you have for other people to share their stories. Because, um, yeah, if, if it's not going to be a mainstream media thing, and I tend to believe that it probably won't ever, right? Like, right. agriculture is not a yes. growing part of our society. It is a it's a shrinking part of it. But I'd love to talk about some ways that you know people can like push themselves into this. So I think this is awesome. We're going to head to break every. Everybody, thank you for joining us here on Shining Bright. We'll be back here in just a few minutes with Courtney DeHa. Welcome back to Shining Bright. Here's a little thing that nobody else knows. Uh I can't not dance when that music plays. It's like... Happy little music right there, right? Bringing us Takes back in. Yeah. Yep. So we are back here with uh, Courtney DeHop. Courtney, thank you for sticking with us here on Shining Bright. So uh, we were talking about your career. One thing that I did see on your website, we didn't talk about this, um, that I think is super interesting. In 2016, you were named a top 10 finalist in the Live with Kelly guest co-host search with Kelly Ripa. And that like jumped out at me. I kind (laughs) of want to hear a little bit more about that. I know we already talked about your career uh, in TV a little bit in the last segment, but like, like tell me more.
3: Yeah. Oh gosh. It's so funny. I forget about that sometimes. So, (laughs) you know, television is a very, and I'm sure you guys get this, like it's a finicky industry. So like, you know, you work on contracts and so when contracts end, it doesn't necessarily mean that the next job is waiting. So I was back home in Kansas. I was in between jobs. So like a contract had just ended. I was searching for the next thing and, you know, I just didn't know what was next. And my mom has always been a huge fan of Kelly Ripa. I mean, she watched Kathy Lee and Regis, like the whole thing. And it was right after, you know, Michael Strahan had just left and they hadn't hired Ryan Seacrest yet. So Kelly didn't have a co-host. And my mom saw this like contest one day on TV and was like, you should enter you can be Kelly Ripa's co-host. And it just like, I was just done. I was offended at my mother. I was like, Billy mom that is so stupid. Like 10 million people are going to enter this. Like that's dumb. I will never get picked, whatever. And I was just salty at her. And so I went off and I went up and I was like saddling a horse in the barn and I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, you know, so many people are going to enter this contest. Like there's not, what makes me unique? Like what makes me different? And then that's when it hit me. Well, I am saddling a horse in a barn like I'm a TV host essentially stuck on a farm on a ranch right now. And so I shot an audition tape and that was my whole bit was, "Hey Kelly, I'm a TV host stuck on the farm." And it was kind of this like cheeky thing because I wore like a pure white which as you can imagine in a barn is very risky. I wore this pure white, like Calvin Klein pantsuit. You know, oh. something that I would wear, like anchoring on TV. Right, and Bold. So that was a joke. Like I <laughs> that, was like riding a horse. It's all part of it pantsuit. <laughs> yeah. So That's no, great. it was super fun. Um, it was like a three month, yeah, three month audition, and and I ended up in the final ten, which was super fun. Yeah, good for you. You know what?
0: I I think that I'm sure, like bajillions of people entered that, but what you said at the beginning of that, I thought was interesting. Erin, have you ever? entered a contest where you're like, I'm never going to get this. And you won something like, I don't know the answer to this at all. We didn't talk about right, this before. No. So. Um,
2: yes. Or I put my hat in the ring maybe right. in a different way right. and thought, um, right. Not going to happen. Um, but then it does yeah. or yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I think we're good at it's talking a, ourselves a out of those things. Things. Yeah. It's yeah. Internal dialogue. Right. And,
0: and did you have someone push you to, to sign up?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Courtney had her mom, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love to hear you say Uh, that your mom was pushing you because, um, yeah, that's, (laughs) that's that's cool. And then then you stopped and then you thought about it and then look where you got. Right.
0: I do think we all need that. Like we all need that little push. And I think that like, that's good to know that like somebody who can be in the top 10 for, for this contest, that's like such a visible, national like it's an out there show, yes. right? And uh, you know, like you needed a little push to do it. So right. good for you. A hundred percent.
3: Yeah. Good good for you know, I you gotta have those mentors in your life who kind yes. of push you. Or mothers. Either or one. Mothers, or right. <laughs> yeah. My mom will always push
0: me mm-hmm. in one way or another. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um so let's see Courtney. So one thing that I was thinking about too, you know, you said earlier in the last segment that, you know, it's not like you have all of this background in social media or anything. You just post, you, you put together these videos and you just posted them. So any tips for someone listening, who's going, you know, like I want to share something. Right.
3: Yeah. You know, it comes back and I'm sure everyone's heard this. And it's one of those things that I used to roll my eyes out, but you just have to start And it can be so overwhelming, and I even get overwhelmed sometimes, like, should I be posting more on Instagram? Should I be be posting on Twitter? Should I focus on Facebook? I don't know where to start. Like, oh, my gosh, I haven't updated my website. But I think what works for me is Facebook works for me because you can post, you know, videos that are 10 minutes long if you need to, 20 minutes long. And I kind of started building my following on Facebook. So that's just kind of the platform that I dedicate most of my time to, I think you just have to find what works for you. You know, if you're a photographer, Instagram might be a better route, but I think as far as the platform, it's whatever works for you. And then the content, you know, I go around and, and speak to groups and I always, always push this, especially coming from like mainstream media as farmers and ranchers and farmers and, you know, people living in rural America, vulnerability Is so important. And we have a little bit of a hard time with that because we know we're like tough and, but we have to really be vulnerable when we're telling our story. Yeah. Because that's what Mm. people can connect to. That's what the people in New York and LA and the big cities they can connect to vulnerability. So I just always encourage people to be very vulnerable when they're, when they're sharing their ag stories. Yeah.
0: I love that. We're all vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I like to remind people all the time about our farmhurst stories that like, these are the stories of people. They're the stories of family. They're the stories of, you know, good, bad ups, downs, all these things. And they're connected by agriculture, but that's not like a, it's It's not like a barrier. It doesn't need to be. No you know, and it's real vulnerability. Yeah. Vulnerability is a good one there. Cause I mean, we all have it like, or we should have it, <laughs> right. you know, if we don't, so. right, right, a little bit of it doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah. Awesome. Well, <laughs> um, Courtney, so, uh, what's next? Like, w- w- what are you going to do next? We're, we're getting low on time here and I'd love to hear just a little bit more about where you're going to
3: go. Yeah. You know, I'm always, I'm just really trying to put all of my efforts into this platform and kind of telling me stories and, I'm at the very, 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 very beginning stages of getting a pilot together and potentially we're going to shoot a pilot for a 10 part series, kind of like a docu-series, hopefully on just all the amazing men and women and things that make up rural America. And I'm super excited. And it's actually the production company that, you know, kind of came to me, they don't have a rural background or an ad background, yet they're super, super intrigued and they think that this is a story worth telling. So hopefully I'll be super busy creating a new show, but right. you just never know on TV.
0: So you don't ever know, but I, I have a feeling that you're going to stay super busy and you're, you're going to find your spot and you're going to jump in. Cause it seems like you're uh, just one of those people. Yeah.
2: I'd love to hear it. Just jumping oh, in. Just do it. Thank just you. go for thank it. You, ladies. Those are good messages.
0: <laughs> okay. So if someone's listening, where can they find you, Courtney?
3: Yeah, so my, my website is just com, and my Facebook where all the good stuff's happening. It's just CourtneyDehoff TV. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me there at CourtneyDehoff. But yeah, just check out my Facebook, and all the good stories and, and things that are happening over there at CourtneyDehoff TV.
0: Awesome. And uh, your name, Courtney, is spelled a little bit different, right? It's C O U R. Mm-hmm. Can you do it? You do yes, it. Not me. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's the French spelling. I'm not French. I don't know why. But it's E N A Y. So Court Ten A D Hof T V. But
0: if you get close, it should pop up. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm going to go check it out for sure. Everyone else should as well. So thank you so much for joining us. I want to remind everybody out there about a couple things that we have coming up at FarmHer. So we are getting ready for our 20th and final grow event. We have been running after these for five years. We've hosted 20 of them around the country Talked to thousands of young women and it has been such a great journey and we are going to cap it all off Mm -hmm. with a TV show, Farm Her, being filmed at the 20th and Final Grow event. That's November 15th in Ankeny, Iowa. It's open to any young women. Uh, Tickets are available on our website, which is www.farmher.com. So if you think that sounds like of interest at all, go check it out. They're going to sell out. So uh, we want to see you there. And with that, thank you for joining us here on Shining Bright. We will be back in just a few minutes. Hey everybody, this is Margie geiler Alanese from Shining Bright by FarmHer. I want to tell you about a friend, a community member, a business owner that we really believe in. Our house was kind of a shell when we bought it and we've been working on updating and changing and adding things on. And we found a local contractor that we can trust, that we love the work that they do, and that is Remodel Works. Check them out at RemodelWorksDB.com. They're right here in Central Iowa. You'll love them. Welcome back to Shining Bright. There's a little more dancing going on here in the studio. I was just saying, Colleen. Colleen, welcome. We've got a new guest in here. Colleen Bradford Krantz. Yes. Um... I can't not dance when I hear that music. I don't know if it's like a nervous reaction that like get yeah, ready to start. It's or kind of a fun song you know, It's too. kind of like a bouncy song. song. Yeah. know it's
2: hard not to move, yeah. I yeah. think.
0: So anyway, there's the dance for the day. Uh, but Colleen, welcome to <laughs> Shining Bright. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background in agriculture and whatever else you do. Introduce yourself to our
1: audience. Okay, um, I grew up on a cattle ranch. I know that sounds funny to say ranch in Iowa sometimes, but my dad would argue it's legitimate we had horses so cowboy mm-hmm. hat in you southern say, Iowa right. were
0: you in Southern southwest Iowa okay there is okay. a thing about southern Iowa like there's some sort of imaginary line somewhere
1: that people I, I have run into that like it's, it's I was told arranches. it was the Missouri River and that we're on the wrong side of it but <laughs> I'm he claims that he can make the argument based on the horses and the cowboy hat <laughs> and the grazing <laughs> you can do say whatever you want like but, yeah anyway I um, ended up studying journalism at Iowa State and um, ended up doing newspapers for 10 years, sort of general journalism, um, before leaving and I shifted a, my career a bit where I ended up working on a doing a book and that, it wasn't my plan, but that ended up taking me into the documentary world, um, which then took me to um, additional TV work and now, you know, television and film work. So now I'm a television film producer and uh, still do that as a journalist for the most part but i have a fiction project coming up
0: this is a windy path that that you've been on yeah yeah Yeah. because the
1: windy path we're with you i get rest i get restless easily you know (laughs) so (laughs) i don't believe in staying bored for long so let's uh you know, I'd, I'll do things for, you know, 10 years and doing, um, daily journalism was so much fun, but let's try something different. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It sounds like you're a very creative person. And so I, I tend to run into that too. I'm like, what's next? Yeah. What are we going to do next? That's yeah. going to like get me excited. You yeah. Know?
1: I love, I love tra- taking on new challenges. Sometimes they're big ones, but I, I love the challenge of them. So, yeah. So you said you were, you worked on a book. I, I, I had, uh, written a book when I left newspapers. Um, it's called Train to Knower, and it's it's a bit of a heavy story. It's not a beach read, but it's about um, it, the investigation following the discovery of eleven bodies in a rail car in Denison, Iowa. Um,
0: is this is a true a, story? a true story. It's a true story.
1: yeah. And it was um, I came to it after the fact, so I could get a lot of government documents that would have been closed closed off later. But I was able to put a book together about the investigation and um, tell the story of. Actually, it was a farm kid from Guatemala. Who was among those who died in this train? And um, but it it was a really good challenge, a long form piece of journalism. After doing a lot after, of articles. after after newspaper, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Okay. Sounds. I, I kind of want to go read it. What was it again? It's called "Train to Nowhere: train Inside to nowhere. an Immigrant Death Investigation." Yeah. That's the subtitle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting,
0: interesting. Okay, so. Um, you are now in television production. Tell me a little bit about the different things that you have going on in that, because I, I don't think you have just one thing going on, right? No, I,
1: I kind of have two halves of my career right now. I have my own company called Pink Spear Productions, um, and I'll come back to that, but I also work part-time for a national agriculture show, Market to Market. I've heard of it. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. and It's got a long, nice history um, in the US and um, covering agriculture. We're on our 45th year. 45 years. That is a long time for a TV show. It's amazing that it lasts, you know, that it can keep going that long and stay relevant. And stay relevant. That's what I was just going to say. Wow. Yeah. I've only been there five years, but um, it's sort of that same time period where I I, um, never seek a full-time job there because I want to work part-time and save the other half my time for... uh, for doing my own Your work own for my company, Pink Spear Productions. Yeah. So.
0: I love that. I used to always think that if I could pick out like the perfect world, um, like I jumped completely off of the ship from the job that I had before farm her. And, and um, like there was no middle ground. And I always thought, man, if I could, if I could work here part time and, and, you know, keep, keep this career here, but mm-hmm. like have, have something else of my own. I always felt like that would have been the best of all worlds. Now, like I, I've done it probably every way since then, right? Like
1: yeah.
0: I mean, you name it, like st- completely at home, stay at home the kids and then like working running all over the country and you know, babysitters, you name it whatever. I've, we've done it every different way and mm-hmm. I've decided that maybe that w- wasn't like the end all. So is that is that a really good situation for you at this point it to really be able is. to juggle like yeah. your personal
1: and professional? Yeah, it does uh, the fact that I set my own schedule when I'm on working on my company stuff um, is great because I have three kids and um, yeah. my husband and I are j- always juggling their schedules but it also keeps our lives a little more sane and when they right and I, I try to choose when I really need to put a lot of time into it but um, save time for that because that's right now they're at home with me and you know they'll be off to college before right. I know it so it gives you a nice balance yes exactly uh-huh.
0: that's good that's so, very good. good so do you farm
1: no, I live. We live on an acreage. I guess I couldn't. Yeah, call I a mean, I call farm. it a farm when you talk it's, about a farm. Yes, farm <laughs> compared to right?
0: like my backyard, yeah, right? Me too. Yeah, I guess that's because a, okay. That's every a good time point. I talk
2: to Colleen, because we do know each other, um, it's something some cool animal and something's going yeah. on actually and i should
1: say yes you're yes, right because you do. Because own my, that title are yeah, yes. a farmer. growing up you know <laughs> where they, we had like yeah. 500 head of cattle my family would laugh at me for saying i farm but you're right a lot of the rest of the world would see that because we do keep uh the kids i want the kids to learn about animals and mm-hmm. we raise we always have a garden we always have some 4-h animals um that we're help, helping them learn from and um so you're right. We always have yeah. something going on. Yeah. I call it, I called it a, I said you lived on a farm. Well then yes, I do farm. Yes. You, have, mm-hmm. you have chickens. I've yep. it. We don't have chickens yet. We have yes. trouble with predators out there. We tried yeah. and it didn't go well. So Oops. we, even built, the, life right we even built the house right. And oh. something tore a board off. It was, it was not a bad, it the was scene? not a good scene. <laughs> where, <though? laughs> where, where do you live? Like, <laughs> What's going on? It's there? Iowa. <laughs> I know. Right. I don't know what it was, but
0: something cr- crazy frontier here. Yeah. Well, okay. So background, in agriculture, you work in agriculture. Tell me a little bit about Pink Spear Productions.
1: I'm working on my fourth production now. And so far, it had been the first two projects were um, documentaries. And actually, the first one was based on the book I mentioned, Mm -hmm. Train to Nowhere. And um, and I think that's a good reminder for people to not give up on something they're confident they've done well and right because I thought the book wasn't going to sell. So I... I didn't know anyone um, in public television at the time, but I approached Iowa Public Television with this research. And um, although they didn't do the the documentary with me, we were able to, um, you know, they encouraged me to go ahead and get this made and, they in the end did air the documentary oh, we produced. And, and you didn't know anyone there before that. Like you said you just like No You just were like, Hey yeah. No, not I, at all. I'm
0: Colleen <laughs> and I'm
1: gonna Here's do this documentary. And, I, yeah. I think they would say, you know, it they as a journalist, it probably helps open some doors because they know you know how to do research. Um, so that part helped me. Oh, very smart. And mm-hmm. and I really did love doing that documentary. It was uh I try to tell um, stories. It's a pretty controversial topic dealing with undocumented immigrants, but it, I try to handle it in a neutral way. So nobody feels they're judged as they enter the theater or sit down in front of their TV. And um, so that's sort of how I try to handle my topics. I I choose sometimes controversial topics. And my second one um, was West by Orphan Train. So those of you who know, or listeners who know about Orphan Train children, it was um, basically they would take kids from orphanages and line them up on stages in small towns and say pick a kid you know like 100 years ago yeah not no background checks slightly harsh compared to like how things i hope are done today today. yeah Yeah. i think think and it ranged all over the place so (laughs) i hope and then then i moved ahead and now um look my current project i'm finishing is called unintended now we're moving ahead to a fictional my first fictional project and it's called complete bowl and it's the first one that really deals with agriculture um well, we have to go to break, but I, there's a lot more to talk about mm-hmm. with Complete
0: Bowl. I cannot wait to, to hear uh, the who, what, why, like all the details yeah. about it and, and your first fictional project. So that's, that's interesting and probably a leap
1: for you as well, right? It is. It is. And we'll chat.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So if that wasn't tease enough, you know, we're going to talk about artificial insemination we are that's the top segment so stick (laughs) around stick around to hear what (laughs) we're gonna say here on (laughs) shining bright by farmer thanks for joining us
2: Welcome back to Shining Bright. We're here with Colleen Bradford Krantz. And we were just chatting a little bit between um, segments, and we're talking about her production company. So I'm curious how, why you named it, Pink Spear Productions. That's right.
1: I got it. Yeah, so when when I was um, a kid, and you know, my parents have this cow-calf operation, as I mentioned, in Southwest Iowa, we had found, my dad found, probably before I was born, what he called a, arrowhead uh-huh. and it right. became something that when we were little we'd say can we see the arrowhead you yeah. know and he'd get it out and we we were probably too little to be holding it when we discovered much later we found out it's actually a spear point and it's extremely old like um uh, maybe 5000 years old wow so it's really prehistoric yeah. um and and I can't remember which native people it would have been connected to our time period but old enough that it was probably possibly one of the oldest um, artifacts found in my home county but it was funny that we didn't know that and we had been you're like sort of playing with it, which I can't believe we didn't (laughs) drop it and break it you know Um, but the uh, the (laughs) when I started thinking about what to name my um, production company I was thinking about the imagery of um, sort of going sort of the sharp edge contrasted with the pink like a female-run production company which there's not too many and but the idea of still sort of going straight to the heart of the matter—not to make it too gruesome—but you know, yeah. I like to take on hard topics, um, but sort of lend it of feminine touch, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really cool. That's that's where we came up with the name. Wow. So, what happened to that spear? Just no, out of it, curiosity, it's still at home, and I really? I'm trying to decide. like, I don't know if they're super valuable, um, as far as um, financially. Interesting, so, if nothing else. Yes, right. but it's really interesting, and I, I I've looked because you can find them in museums, so it's not unheard of it's just in that area there's not a lot but other areas of the um of the u.s would the have US. more it's uh-huh. interesting we used
0: to find arrowheads when we were little too we did um, okay. here and there never in the area where we lived in in northwest iowa always looking for them never no found isn't them. that the worst when you're North looking central. and you can't find i don't them. know why i just said i lived in northwest iowa i never have lived in northwest <laughs> iowa i'm throwing you off by really by saying sure. <laughs> I, maybe that's what happened
2: <laughs> anyway um yeah no but in south central wisconsin
0: no arrowheads had, had had and you would think you would them. there right? my friends would find them i never my found mom them. was a rock person my mom was like mm-hmm. we're all gonna rocks. go out and pick up rocks and collect rocks she yeah. still does so I, that might be part yeah. of the reason it's kind of like looking yeah. for morel mushrooms equally right. frustrating right right, <laughs> right.
2: you can't yeah. find them when you're looking yeah. <laughs> yeah i've never found one of those either
0: <laughs> um, so you said you, you like to dig into difficult topics, which I can tell by your previous work on um, immigrants and orphans. And you mentioned one
1: other um, uh, film that you made before we went to the break, before this next project. What was the current one? Uh, it's called Unintended, and it's still being completed, actually. We're, and we're doing it as sort of a limited series. It'll be three episodes. And it looks at how society reacted to unplanned pregnancies outside of marriage about a century ago. Mm -hmm. And we have three true stories. Um, We're kind of calling it more than a true documentary because we created a little dialogue, even though we were really careful, but we're calling it um, based on true story, um, limited series. And it's, I mean, I started out trying to do this project where again, I want to have anyone from any sort of point of view, be able to watch it and not feel judged. yeah. Yep. Like, yep. The, or given a big decision at the end, this is how you will now feel <laughs> and you get that sometimes, which there's room for those films too, but I in these, sharing epi- the information, yes. In these epi- I like straight storytelling. This happens. Yeah, yes, yes. I also don't like to soften it. I like to be very direct. This is, this is this what this was what was woman going on. And, and there's this is what a woman felt. Yes. This is like the first wow. pregnancy is in Northeast Iowa, a true story from 1913 and you know, it's extremely rough story the girl ends up dying um because her parents don't think the boy's good enough and you know i don't want to tell the whole story but right wait Wait, we need to watch it well yeah (laughs) yeah i mean they it's what i was surprised by was i decided i'm not going to choose the subsequent pregnancy stories because this one sort of landed in my lap and i thought what if i sort of let fate or destiny decide which other pregnancy stories i tell based on what i run across or people bring to me Well, I end up hearing from different people as I'm researching probably three dozen stories from that time period or roughly, um, all which could have been fascinating or horrifying enough in their own right to be an episode. Um, So I might try to share some of those after we release the episodes and let people tell their own. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I have no doubt that that there are a bajillion stories like
0: that out there, right? That that don't get talked about. Exactly. Good for you for bringing them to light. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Let's let's uh, switch gears a little bit to um
1: artif- bowl. artificial insemination. Bowl. <laughs> that's a weird that's, transition, right? I there. bet that's a transition you've never used on the no. show.
0: <laughs> no, so complete bowl is your next project that you're working on. Tell us about like where this came from.
1: Well, it's my first fictional project, which was really fun, and I I honestly had started writing this script for this pilot episode of a fictional television drama um, several years ago. I I had. Happened to run into a friend from my hometown who is now acting in Hollywood. And she said something, knowing I do creative type work and write a lot and, um, and was doing documentaries. She asked if there was ever a fictional project I wanted to do. And and I I told her this idea, like, I think I should have a main character who's a woman that does artificial insemination and there's women out there, but there's not a lot of them actually. Like it's shockingly like
0: that's something that I come
2: across a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And of course. Yeah. And we do in the Midwest, but other people, when I, it's funny when I submit this to like California or something, say, what (laughs) is this you're talking Mm -hmm. about? So I've learned to say like, it's like a I learned to describe this job as like fertility specialist for cows. There you go. (laughs) I'll never forget. I
0: was in Southern Iowa and I was taking pictures of this girl and we get in her truck and she had to like move this thing out of her front seat. And it was like this huge can. And I was like, (laughs) what is this? And she's like, oh, that's a semen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. It is. Yeah. In here, frozen. You're right. Is that funny? Yeah. It's,
1: and but, here's Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, I, I think it's so funny because growing up, my dad always had used AI since I was little, and I remember spending a lot of my summers getting this cow in because she was in heat or this cow. It's very time consuming, but it was how to get the best genetics and right. So it's just what I grew up with and it was actually discussed at the dinner table, like I gotta deliver semen down the road to this guy and and so I didn't know when I went to the university that maybe that doesn't come up over the dinner table that often. So, <laughs> so if I dropped this into a conversation, you know, like, oh, I know, I know her dad because my dad sells semen to him. It would be a conversation stopper. <laughs> so, <laughs> It might be. <laughs> yeah, just depends. I had to yeah. learn. Yeah, you just had to find your people. That's so right. You could That's drop
2: right. that, and it's yes. like, oh right. <laughs>
1: so, where are you at in the process with this with this uh, new project? Well, the state of Iowa has a brand new program called the Greenlight Grant, and they're trying to encourage more filmmaking. They had 350 applicants because it's the inaugura- inaugural year, and I had honestly thrown this script in because it was ready, and I and I loved it. And I thought, well, I'm I'm still busy with the last project, but you know, if I could get it, that'd be there great again. Let's yes. throw
2: our hat in. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Great like, themes. Yeah. Give it a try. Uh, yes. I it was very fortunate to be able to be one of four that got awarded a grant. So, um, amazing. Yes. And it's, um, it'll let me film a, what's called a proof of concept, basically enough to try to sell the whole series to either work with a larger production company or a network. Um, the catch is you have to match that thirty thousand dollars, so so the, that's a an
2: additional challenge.
1: Yes, and I'm working on that now, I'm so that's the hard part. That. Well, yeah. you know
0: what? On that note, I'd love to to bring this back around because we all have these creative projects and things, but then like how you make it go on the backside, like how, how you've dealt with this from the business angle a little bit. If you want to come yeah. back and talk about that, perfect, because it's it's a real thing, right? It is. It's very real. Yeah. So I am excited to dig into that a little bit more because um, whatever your concept is, your whatever dream you're chasing out there. Um, you got to have legs under it. You got to have a way to make it sustainable and to be able to keep chasing it. So um, that's always an interesting topic. So on that note, anybody who loves listening to Shining Bright or doesn't love listening to Shining Bright, we want to hear from you. You can call and leave us a message at 515-444-5261 and we will get that back on a future episode. We'll answer any of the questions that you have and uh, try to make sure that your voice is heard here on Shining Bright. So again, That is 515 444 5261. Stick with us. We will be back here in just a few minutes talking to Colleen Bradford Krantz on Shining Bright. Hi, this is Margie guiler Alanese. Next week on Shining Bright, the podcast, we're going to be talking to Glenda. And Glenda has had a very interesting career that has led her to the point where she works at Lando Lakes, working with dairy farmers all over the country. But we're going to take it back and talk a little bit about her beginnings in FFA and overcoming. So join us next week on Shining Bright. are back wrapping it up here on shining bright and we have been talking to Colleen Bradford Krantz um, about your windy path chasing your dreams yes you've done some really cool things I'm having fun yeah yeah, I, I, it sounds like you are, and uh, I can tell that I added some more things on my watch list that I need to go check out after this yeah, same here. discussion today. And I yeah. need your
2: book too.
1: Yeah, I need the book. Yeah. great. How do, how do uh-huh. people find your book? Is um, it? They're all the books on Amazon. Okay, okay. Um, so train to nowhere and just um, look. You can get for, it on my Kindle. Yes. 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 There you go. And, yeah. And the um, same with the documentaries. Well, the first one is, um, was on Netflix for a while. It's, um, it was a three year contract. So it's off of there. But um, West by Orphan Train is um, on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. So okay. it's right. easy way to find that one. So on that
0: note, I mean, you are an independent, um, you know, production company. Yeah. And Um, So you come up with these ideas and these projects. How have you, from a business side, been able to make them work, right? Like you just, I mean, obviously you found some sources for distribution for your projects, which I, I feel like is um like a dark hole of com- confusing yes. I, I don't know Absolutely. what like from my perspective it, yeah. it kind of has been a little bit in in additional dis- it is. distributions yes. um, i agree but
1: even just like making the ends meet right like yeah. you got this grant but like there's more that's needed i've been really lucky that uh, honestly starting out in the documentary world was probably an advantage because there are grants that are open especially even if you have a non production partner and i've worked with storytellers international out of um davenport iowa for several projects and it basically, um, I was able to get grants from Humanities Iowa for my first three projects actually to kick off and and friends and strangers supporting me through crowdfunding has really been the basis. But then I raise, um, as I do more, the past films are still streaming and it's starting to accumulate a little bit better as long as I don't overlap them like I did this time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they basically are starting to fund the next project a little bit. I'm hoping to be able to step away and let other people um, you know, not take those grants that maybe someone else is starting out can use as I get more um, income coming from past projects.
0: I think that's, that seems like a good goal, right? Like um, when I think about our business, you know, in the beginning, we'd, we only sold shirts in the beginning, so we'll sell shirts and then we use that money and buy more shirts and like I'm like, Oh my gosh, am I ever just gonna be able to do more than just buy the shirts? But like eventually yes. that starts to yes, build. Exactly. You know, it it is a long term look. But yes, it sounds exactly. like you're you're
1: getting to that spot and we're getting there and it's um and I think each time it'll get better. So I'm gonna keep plugging away at it. <laughs>
0: Have you uh, had to uh, broaden your horizons at all from a business perspective in running this? Like, uh, have you run a business before this? I guess farming is kind of...
1: Well, not really, because, um, you know, other than that small part of my life, I was always working for somebody else. And so it's been a new challenge. I I don't always love the financial part of it because I want to be there for the creative side. But I am a believer that you have to make yourself take that step and learn that and do that well if you want to be able to keep having the, f- doing the fun creative stuff too. Right. I know all it, those pieces. What yeah. do you like? It what is. don't you like? It's you hard have to do. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. you push yourself to do those, but that's yeah. what builds a strong foundation. Exactly. And I do think you're right. That distribution is tricky too, because it changes mm-hmm. all the time. You know, it's um, my first project was Netflix, but I think that was a window where they were looking for independent documentary filmmakers and, that sort of shifts and then now it's Amazon Prime or you know it's yeah. do you go to so a moving target do you yeah, like curious. how them? did you do that um, I work with an agent in LA who does that for me typically yeah. because I, I find it's really hard to open doors that I think shouldn't be so hard to open frankly if you know it feels they be, are they are
0: like you're like parroting something that I can yes. tell people I'm like especially huh, from huh, the what, Midwest what door do you knock on like what yes. door I don't I don't know what door yeah. and you it know? feels
1: like a trick if you're not living in New York or LA you can't unlock the door because you yeah. don't run into them at the party this <laughs> is a theme now running it through is this whole
0: episode, Chasing Dreams, mm-hmm. those yes. of us in between the coasts. Uh, hey, everybody out there listening, we have stories to tell too. Right, right here. <laughs> so yeah, I love it. In the heartland. <laughs> so on that note, we are almost out of time. I have read this book a while ago. I love to talk about it. It was called In the Company of Women, and it specifically uh, talks to creative women about who run businesses. And I absolutely love it. I find a lot of value in it. Sometimes I just like pop in and read one, two stories, whatever. But here is one uh, question out of that book. In a moment of self-doubt, how do you build yourself back up?
1: I think I try to remember conversations I've had with people who've seen the finished past products. It's really um, easy to dwell on, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? I also find friends that will be honest. And so if they tell me, you know, this needs work, I'll have an answer or they'll boost me up and say, no, it's fine.
0: Yeah. I, I do think that that is, um, key and it's something that we all deal with, right? Like th- mm-hmm. th- that doubt is going to creep in there. So you got to have some sort of a way, Absolutely. like a trick,
1: right? Of, yes. Of at least pushing it right yes. back out. So, I also so think just for me getting out in nature, running, walking yeah. or helps to reset sort of. Yeah. It, it does for me, too. It clears uh,
0: all the cobwebs here. out. All the cobwebs. Yep. Yep. Go run, everybody. Go Good run. Good advice. I <laughs> agree. <advice. laughs> well,
1: Colleen, thank you. How can people find you? Um, pinkspear.com. And if anyone's willing to look at Kickstarter for Complete Bull, I could use help matching that grant so I can do this uh, story about uh, AI technician. Yeah. I love it. So fun. Good luck with all that. We'll be following. Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks for joining us here on Shiny Bright. We've been listening to Shiny Bright by Farmherd. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. And now, go shine bright.